Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Stuff I Heard podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Peak, and we are uh, getting into December here uh, a little ways now, second week in December. Um, lots of things going on in the news, lots of things going on in the world. Uh, I forgot to mention last week, congratulations to our local uh, football team. The South Florence High School won the state championship this year. Uh, fantastic job, everybody. Y'all did a great job. Congratulations. Uh, some of my kids went to South Florence years ago, so that's kind of a, it's kind of a neat deal that they won the state championship. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about a few things. This is stuff I heard. I want to talk about some things that I've heard. Um, first off, I want to talk about a couple of things that have been in the news kind of directly because of um, social media in a way. There is a author, his name is Graham Hancock. Um, he's a journalist and for quite a while he has traveled the globe, um, hunting for evidence of mysterious lost civilizations dating back to the last ice age. He's been on Joe Rogan a bunch of times. He's had scientists on there trying to disprove him, uh, claiming that all of his claims are false and that there's no way they could be true. And yet all he's doing is going around and asking questions from other scientists, other archaeologists. You know, what do we know? What do we, what have we overlooked? I guess is the biggest question. And of course, you know, some of it is leaned into things that are seen as um, very supernatural, like Atlantis. You know, some people claim that they know where Atlantis, Atlantis existed and that the Atlanteans were real. And that, you know, it, just because Plato wrote about it uh, from someone that he um, held in great regard had spoken to him about it um, as being some great civilization that was in the past that was very advanced. So, listen, to think that we know everything is preposterous. To think that we know all of the answers to the world that we live in is the biggest misconception that we have. Um, I think that the bigger question needs to be, why aren't we questioning things more often? Why aren't we asking questions? Why aren't we asking questions that sometimes make us feel uncomfortable? I mean, seriously, there may be things that we don't know. And the fact that we claim we know everything is just ludicrous. Um, I'm always suspect of people who claim they know everything because my first reaction is, oh, you're just trying to sell me whatever you think. Um, I don't know if, I don't know why that is, why I believe that, but uh, it's always tended to be the case. Uh, every time that someone's come out and said, oh, you should listen to me because I have all the answers. No, you don't. No, you don't. You have some of your answers and you're going to try to prove to me your answers are correct. I think it's better that we ask the question um, and that's what Graham does. Graham has a show right now on Netflix called Ancient Apocalypse. And there is this study of geo phenomenons that have happened uh, that can be measured and studied through science where the world has been affected by a cataclysmic event, such as a meteorite or a group of meteorites hitting the earth. Um the crazy part is in the evidence that we found, there are certain civilizations that knew about this phenomenon that was going to hit them 
and they prepared. Like they wanted to preserve some part of history and they actually left evidence for us to find all these years later that they knew this thing was coming and they tried to prepare and preserve as much of their civilization as possible to outlast this grand event. But what they probably didn't count on was the fact that these things melted the polar ice poles and it flooded the planet and killed off most of the people. The last one that we hear about the most is, of course, you know, from our Bible, uh, Noah and the Ark. And um, it's not just the Bible. It's been written about in many different countries under many different uh, lores, uh, if you will, uh, Chinese manuscripts and from Turkish beliefs and African beliefs and Indonesian, um, where they've spoken about a great flood. Well, this great flood that happened, um, you know, realistically could have been meteorites striking our North and South Poles or the North Pole and causing a great ice shelf to instantly melt, breaking apart rock, causing a tremendous flooding. And that's sort of the, I guess, the underlying story of this entire thing. Um, but also that there may have been some advanced peoples that were alive during that time, maybe aliens, maybe people, maybe gods, whatever you want to think of it as. Again, it's important to ask the questions, right? And these these beings had information. They were spoken about in lore as being giants. But what if what if the giant part is not necessarily meaning their physical stature, but their mental stature? Again, ask the questions. Ask questions. And that's all he's done is ask questions. And the show is very interesting. The show, you know... For a large part, I think a lot of what he has studied is probably true. Um, the fact that we can measure things now uh, using advanced equipment to look inside of these monuments and these uh, burial mounds or these uh, pyramids built into mountains of hidden chambers. And archaeology wants to cross its arm and say, no, 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 we know everything. We've uh, we've already established that human, human civilization started this time, and you're all wrong, and blah, blah, blah. they're so quick to defend themselves that they don't keep asking the questions of, wait, what if this is true? What else is there to find? What have we not found? And I think that's the biggest thing that Graham Hancock is doing. Um, I, I blew through his Netflix special um, largely because I have listened to him on Joe Rogan many times, and he is quick to say, look, I don't know, but I'm asking the questions where a lot of people aren't. And he's interviewing people who have answers and are studying this stuff. And at every turn, the archaeology community is trying to shut him down and shut down their peers who have difference of opinions on their findings. Um, mostly because they don't want to restudy the things that they've studied or they don't want to disprove things that people said were absolute when they aren't. So interesting. It was very interesting to, to watch. Um, Netflix did a good job of it. Go check it out. It's, it's pretty fantastic. Again, it's called um, ancient apocalypse. Uh, pretty, pretty mind blowing stuff. Actually. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it had me asking a lot of questions to myself of what do I believe and what do I think and all that sort of stuff. So I enjoyed it. 
Um, all right, let's move on. Um, I watched a show. My wife and I have been watching a show on Netflix called Dead to Me. Uh, Christina Applegate is the uh, main character. Um, the first season was very interesting. And so we watched season two and now we've watched season three and it's, it's done mainly because, um, she's very sick now and they had always planned for this to be three seasons apparently. Um, but let me just read you the, the information here. Uh, it says Jen's husband accidentally died in a hit and run and the sardonic widow is determined to solve the crime. Optimistic free spirit Judy has recently suffered tragic loss of her own, and the ladies meet a support group and, despite their polar opposite personalities, become unlikely friends. As the moment as the women bond over bottles of wine and shared family shared affinity to see, I got dyslexia, this is so hard. Shared affinity for the facts of life, uh, Judy tries to shield Jen from a shocking secret that could destroy her life as she knows it. The dark comedy, which explores the weirdly side the weirdly funny side of grief, loss, and forgiveness features a cast, including TV veterans Christina Applegate and Ed Asner. And also, um, what's his face? You know what I'm talking about. Uh, James Marsden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the moment I saw him on the screen, I was like, oh, this is going to get real good. Because he's awesome. And Katie Seagal's in it too, which was interesting because Christina Applegate and Katie Seagal... Um, started off on Married with Children. That old TV show, which was fantastic. Kelly Bundy. Yeah. So, anywho, yeah, Christina Applegate, um, her health is not great. What's going on with her? I'm trying to Google it. I'm trying to Google it because I had this on my on my thought. Um... She has multiple sclerosis. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently with MS, um, the average life expectancy is around five to 10 years. Um, so, so there's that. The show's good. The show's good. Um, you can tell that the last season was written with them knowing all the information about her sickness and um, they were pretty much expecting her to go um, sometime during this. I heard uh, my wife and I were talking about it and she said, uh, you know, I heard that they were going to postpone the shooting of this season and she was like, no, let's do it now. Because, I mean, let's face it, if they didn't do it now, it wasn't like she was going to get better tomorrow. So um, the writing is good. The acting is good. The story is pretty good. Um, the final season is, uh, you can tell they take a little extra time to sort of say goodbye. Um, even though there's a twist of the goodbye, it still, it's, it still resonates. So, uh, all right. Let's switch to something happier, something weirder, something cooler, something amazing. Um, Wednesday, Wednesday Adams on Netflix. It's Wednesday. Watch Wednesday on Netflix. 
This is amazing. This is, uh, I guess, from the from the from Tim Burton's brain. I guess you could call it. <laughs> uh-huh. The rundown on this is, uh, while attending Nevermore Academy, Wednesday Adams attempts to master her emerging psychic ability, thwarting a killing spree and solving a mystery that embroiled her parents 25 years ago. This show is amazing. Uh, It stars Jenna Ortega as Wednesday Adams. Uh, Also has in it Christina Ricci, who played Wednesday Adams back in the 80s. Uh, Catherine Zeta's Zeta Jones plays Morticia Adams. Uh, Luis Gomez, Gomez Guzman, Luis Guzman. God. That's where I can read. Luis Guzman is Gomez, and a lot of people complained that they thought he looked like he was fat and out of shape, and and he is. But also, if you look at the comics, how they were drawn, he looks really identical to the character that he's supposed to play. Um, Brienne of Tarth, Gwendolyn Christie, is in it. She's the dean of the school. Uh, I was really impressed with Emma Myers playing her best friend, Enid Sinclair, best friend and roommate. Um, Lots of characters on the show that are really incredible. I gotta say, I'm impressed. Um, I thought it was odd that Fred Armisen was playing uh, Uncle Fester, but he pulled it off. He did good. Um, Lots of great actresses and actors in this show. I thought uh, the police chief, uh, Jamie McShane, uh, for a while there, I, I thought it was a comedian, Brian Callen. Uh, he looks a lot like him. Uh, Ricky Lindholm is in this. She is the uh, psychiatrist in the show. She's also in a musical group called Garfinkel, Garfinkel and Oates with Kate Micucci. Um, hilarious act together. Uh, they were phenomenal. But uh, in this show, she's really great. And there was a woman that was supposed to be in the show. Thora Birch was supposed to play the same character that Christina Ricci played. But she had to back out due to a family situation. Uh, Doesn't go into detail saying what, but uh, yeah, I hope everybody's okay there. All right, so let's talk about breakout performances. Um, Tim Burton, this is, to me, this is his Oedipus of things that he's created. We all know about Beetlejuice and we know about um, his creative design and stuff like Edward Scissorhands and The Nightmare Before Christmas and, you know, this dark sort of comedy look on the world where he takes the unusual and the absurd and he makes it normalized. And I think that's important, um, especially for me being a Gen Xer growing up with this being pop culture. Um He's always sort of found a way to make the outcasts feel cool. And I guess we all sort of feel like outcasts, even though we may not be. We all identify with some of these characters. Um, and this vehicle of a show, The Adams Family, basically, I mean, it is about Wednesday, but uh, these outcasts that are in this school called Nevermore, um, obviously based on uh, Edgar Allan Poe's poem, um, is made up of, you know, werewolves and vampires and witches. And, um, this one guy's got lizards in his brain that does the, what's the, what's the thing that turns people to stone? I forget what it's called. You know, Medusa. Yeah. 
He's got he's got those snakes on his head like Medusa, and he t- can turn things to stone. But uh, but yeah, so <clears throat> he makes the unusual normal, and just tells the story. And in the meanwhile, there is a character on here, a Hyde. Think Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Okay, this Hyde character. The minute you see it, you go, oh. That's everything that Tim Burton does. The way the eyeballs are shaped, the way the body is shaped, the way the character acts. The show is is funny. It is intelligent. It is at times scary. Um, it's also heartwarming. It's very well done. This is Tim Burton's best, I think, that he's ever done. I think that Jenna Ortega embodies Wednesday Adams in a perfect way. Um, at first I thought it was unusual that Catherine Zeta Jones was playing Morticia, but it grew on me. I tended to enjoy it the the further it went. Um, even Luis Guzman, uh, as, uh, Gomez in the beginning, I was like, "Mm," but yeah, it works. It works. Yeah. Thing is in this thing is awesome. The funniest part about this to me is that at one moment in the, in the show thing, uh, crawls inside of a handbag. <laughs> and I, I laughed way too long at that and really annoyed my wife. With, he climbs into a handbag, you know, and she was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, get over it. Um, But even with all of that being said, my favorite character, I think, on the show was Emma Myers playing Enid Sinclair. Um, she's supposed to be a werewolf, but she hasn't changed yet. And she's very colorful, and she's um, Wednesday's roommate. They have to share a room together, and one half of the room is all color, and the other half of the room is black and white. And the duality of their relationship together is so much fun. Um, I hope this show goes on and on and on. The characters are all delightful. Um, Yeah, I enjoyed everything about this. This is probably the coolest thing I've seen in a while. Um, I mean, granted, it's not the peripheral. <laughs> Different show altogether. Uh, but this is, if if I'm ranking shows I've seen this year, this is probably number two right behind the peripheral. And the peripheral is just because it's in my wheelhouse of time travel and interdimensional stuff and the amazing way that every the story is told and it's just there's so much in it that relates to who I am um this also relates to me in in a lot of ways and so yeah I totally enjoyed Wednesday it was fun there was not a single episode that I was like oh come on this goes on forever it was great it was great I enjoyed it um so yeah check out Wednesday on Netflix it is pretty fantastic there's lots of people making TikTok dances of her doing the more the uh, Wednesday Adam dance, she even plays tribute to the original TV show, the little girl doing the dance on the show, um, and she adds in her own little flair in there, and it's great, it's really great. I enjoyed it. Um, I have listened to a let's talk about some podcasts, okay? I've listened to this past week probably probably about. Hmm, 18 episodes of Confused Breakfast podcast. Uh, Mike Schulte, AJ Vins, Sean Pryor. Um, 
It's fantastic. Uh, they do a rundown, basically, of the video rental experience of renting movies when you were younger. And they review movies currently uh, from movies back then. And they try to give a nostalgia view and they try to give some history about the movies. And then they give a modern day view on does it still hold up? And I'm amazed at the way they produce the show and have a fun repertoire between each other. They all do an amazing amount of research in their projects. Um, right now I'm listening to a review about their first 14 movies they reviewed and I'm impressed with their review. I'm listening to current, I'm, li I'm listening to current ones and then I'm going back and listening to the ones I haven't listened to because I enjoyed it so much. Even the mini bite stuff. Now, I, obviously I didn't grow up watching the Nickelodeon shows, so I skipped those mini bites. But if you grew up during that time and you wanted to listen to it, it's probably really fantastic. I tried to listen to the first one and I was like, I didn't watch the show. I have no idea what they're talking about. It was still fun, but I kind of skipped through it. Now, the Price is Right one and the Nintendo one uh, was really fantastic. The Price is Right one was really interesting because I had no idea that The Price is Right had been going along since the 50s. Had no idea. I grew up watching The Price is Right. And, you know, I'm older than these guys. I can tell because of their references. But I avidly watch The Price is Right all the time. Now, they give some inside information about how they do the show and some of the things that they do with the prizes. And it's all very fascinating. Um, probably this week, one of my favorite episodes that they did was about Back to the Future. It was one of my favorite shows growing up as a kid. Again, because I love time travel. But also, I really liked Michael J. Fox. I really wanted that sweet Toyota. I thought that was a really cool pickup truck. Um, <laughs> I thought Doc Brown was the craziest character I'd ever seen on television. And I wanted to be his friend and also time travel with him. Um, I always, I don't know, I always fantasized about getting a DeLorean and going 88 miles an hour and traveling back in time. <laughs> but also, like, they do some some really crappy movie reviews and the crappy ones are the funniest because they have to look at it with a modern eye and they like, listen, I love this show as a kid, but watching it as an adult, it is hard to watch. And probably two of my favorites that they reviewed was three ninjas and uh, teenage mutant Ninja turtles. Now I didn't watch three ninjas. That was my brother's time frame. He's 12 years younger than me. Um, I haven't asked him if he's seen Three Ninjas, uh, but I, I am sure that he's watched it more than once. Uh, now, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I did see as a kid. Um, I was a little older. This, again, was right in my brother and sister's uh, age group, uh, so I'm sure they watched it. Probably my brother more than anybody um, in our family. But their modern view on this was really funny. Um, over the Top was hilarious. Um, <laughs> I... There was a lot I had not, I'd seen the movie maybe once or twice growing up as a kid. And I remember thinking then, this is a terrible movie. But also it was like one of those I couldn't turn away from once it was on TV. Uh, but once you see it, you go, okay, I don't need to see that crap again. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. <laughs> and it's really terrible when you hear about the rundown later and you're like, wait, somebody thought this was a good idea for a movie? Holy crap, this is awful. Uh, but yeah, good. It, it, the show, I like the podcast. I think that they are they they've tapped into a endless supply of ideas. They're really good about introducing um community 
They have a phone number that you can call and leave a voicemail about what you think about the show or your thoughts on their reviews. And you can tell them if you think their ideas are dumb or whatever. Uh, <laughs> you can agree with them. You can disagree with them, whatever. Um, and they'll read your stuff on the air or they'll play it on the air. If, they, if they're like, this is a really good part, they're going to put it in there. Um, the Breakfast Club, they do a, a long, interesting review about The Breakfast Club. And there's, there's things about The Breakfast Club I did not realize. Um, one of the biggest realizations, now this is not spoiling anything, this is kind of just my, oh my God. One of the biggest realizations of it all is that if Bender had not been there, then nothing would have happened that day. The whole story gets moved and changed and everybody gets changed with it because of Bender. And it's interesting how as a kid, you think that the, 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 the guy who's the in charge of the detention that day, I forget, I forget his name. Um, you think he's a big jerk. And then you realize as you get older, wait, he actually has some good points. He's actually just trying to help these kids. Um, so anyway, listen to the, listen to the episode. It's really good. Um, you can pick and choose your favorite shows to watch. The first one I ever listened to was the one on aliens, uh, or alien, the first movie. Um, they're getting ready to review aliens, the second movie. And I got to tell you that after listening to them do the first movie review, I felt lazy. I felt incompetent. I felt like I shouldn't do this anymore. <laughs> and I wrote them this such. And I was like, listen, you guys are knocking it out of the park. Um, Yeah fantastic stuff and i've been working a lot of nights this past week so this has kept me awake while i'm driving so thank you guys appreciate the podcast you guys are killing it um i hope to do an episode one day or um you do an episode of mine just uh stuff i heard you know what i mean anyway uh moving along moving along again thanks to burt kreischer because uh without him having them on the podcast i wouldn't have known about these guys so you know just promoting the positive that's all um, all right, let's talk about a show that, uh, to me is hard to review. Okay. <laughs> and I watch, I watch a lot of stuff. I watch shows that are good. I watch shows that are bad. And I try to tell you the truth of what I feel. Okay. There is a show on Netflix called Warrior Nun. Okay. I've, I've seen episode, I've seen season one and I think I remarked on it on here being kind of cool. The story was interesting enough. Um, It says here, uh, as the plot line, a young woman wakes up in the morgue with an inexplicable power and gets caught up in a battle between good and evil. Dun, dun, dun. Right? It sounds like this is probably a dark comic that got turned into a show. And I guess that's probably the truth. I don't know. I looking at the, the information here, nothing really jumps out and says that, but I got to tell you after watching season two, Um, I wanted to see where they were taking the story because there is this weird thing of, you know, good versus evil and science versus religion and what do people do when they get caught up in the religion. And there is this supernatural element of science fiction involved in the show where you have to suspend belief and just go along with it. And I got to tell you, season two, uh, is just not for me. Um, I gave season one a, a kind of a halfway thumbs up. Like if I were doing this breakfast, uh, confused breakfast style, I would say that season one was probably a 6.5 and season two is more like a 4.2. 
Okay. Not to say that the actors didn't do their job or that the special effects weren't cool or that the story didn't try to do something. But here's my thought. And I said this to my wife. I said, to me, this show looks like uh, a bunch of stunt people, martial arts people got together, um, read this comic and went, we need to make this show. And they started to do the show and realized they had no dialogue. So then they hired a 13-year-old girl to do the dialogue. And that's the show. There you go. I just summed it up in a nutshell. Um, if you don't agree with me, uh, let me know. And I'll put it on here, Confused Breakfast style. And <laughs> If you agree with me, let me know. And I'll put it on here, Confused Breakfast style. And we'll talk about it. But I got to tell you, this show uh, mm, was hard to watch. Second season, hard to watch. Um, I did like the special effects. I did like the, uh, the cool fight scenes. Uh, some of them were very awesome. Um, but it was hard to watch. It was, I'm sorry. I know it's hard to make content. I know it's hard to come up with a show and it's really hard to get anything made nowadays, but whew, this was a rough one. So, um, I like the female empowerment. I like the special effects and the martial arts and all that stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, there is a bunch of characters in here that you really want to punch in the face. Um, and not necessarily just cause they're the good guy or the bad guy, but just because they come off as turds. I mean, <laughs> even some of the, even some of the, the people you're supposed to root for, you're like, I just, I really want to punch them in the face. Yeah. So, um, congratulations, warrior nun. Uh, I hope you're done. I hope this is the last of it so I don't have to look at it anymore because uh, I know me and if you come up with a season three, I will watch it. And if it's not great, I will tell you people um, how I thought it was terrible. So there, that's it. That's my part. That, for whatever it matters, this tiny podcast that, you know, 40 or so people are listening to right now. Uh, there you go. There's my review of Warrior None. So, all right. Winners for the week. Wednesday, obviously. Big win, big, big, big win. Graham Hancock, pretty cool with the uh, ancient apocalypse. Uh, Dead to me, eh, okay. I'm sorry, Christina Ritchie's sick, and uh, I really feel I really feel like they rushed the end of the show just because she's sick. I mean, I, supposedly they only had three seasons written, but I don't buy it. Um, but also, if you look at the scenario, the way they wrote the show, it had to end some way soon because this story was really running out of steam. Um, I think they could have done it all in two and warrior nun, please let me, please tell me this is the end. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I mean, I say I'm done, but I'll watch season three if you come out with it and I'll probably crap on it the whole time, but I feel like I'm done. So that's it. I'm gonna wrap this up. Thanks for listening everybody. Uh, I hope that you're doing okay. Um, lots of stuff going on in the world right now. Lots of people. Nervous about the future. I know there was lots of discussion about the Federal Reserve uh, going up on interest rate again and probably possibly causing the recession to be worse. Um, there's lots of discussion about Elon Musk kicking a lot of bots off Twitter and people are like, oh no, I'm going to lose all my followers. And it's like, well, if you had bots, then you didn't have followers. Um, Elton John apparently said he's getting off Twitter. I don't know why anybody cares. Um, so that's it. 
Um, Christmas is around the corner. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, and until next time, cue the cow. Moo.